Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our ministry when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's special teaching in Psalm 78, Teach Your Children Well. The average church service at Living Truth is about 90 minutes, and all God's people said, yeah, right. Okay, maybe, maybe 100. But think about that time. Your kids, many of your kids are up in Sunday school right now, and they're receiving truth, and that's great. This last week we've had at VBS is unique. It's an annual event. And the kids got truth every night, and that's great. And they sang songs, and they memorized verses, and that's wonderful. But that ain't going to do it. Because the influx of other things that they're getting into their life way overwhelms that. Let's just be honest. So how do we change that as modern parents and grandparents? How do we fight that tide? Well, we can't just do nothing. We can't expect Sunday school teachers to do everything for us. These people who are up in these classrooms right now who teach our kids supplement what you're supposed to do. In fact, the commands in the Bible that we're going to look at are spoken primarily to fathers and by implication to mom and dad. Yes, there are pastoral letters that instruct pastors on what to do and how to teach the flock, but my job is to prepare you to do the work of ministry. Not for you to be wholly dependent upon a Sunday school teacher once a week. That ain't gonna do it, and we all know it. So the question is, what do we do? How do we learn? I wanna show you a prophetic uh, passage in Isaiah 50. It's a little bit to your right. We'll put it up on the screen if you're new to the Bible, if you're trying to navigate your way here. Isaiah chapter 50 is a messianic servant song. So that means that it was written about the Messiah 700 years before he was born in Bethlehem. And here's what it says about Jesus. So it's, it's as though Messiah is speaking through Isaiah the prophet. Isaiah 50 verse four. The Lord God has given me And you can think of Jesus here, the tongue of disciples or the tongue of a disciple. Now, he had the tongue of disciples that is an instructed tongue. He knew how to speak to others and train them, if you will, that I may know how to sustain the weary one with a word. And that was Jesus, right? He knew how to speak a word in season to build somebody up, to keep them going. And that's what we ought to be doing too. Notice something else about the Messiah. He, the Lord, awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to listen as a disciple. And then he says, verse five, the Lord God has opened my ear and I was not disobedient, nor did I turn back. Now, every time you're gonna hear the idea of hearing in the Bible, it will link with an instruction or with obedience. Here's what is being said about the Messiah. He had a tongue, obviously, never did a man speak like him. He, He spoke words of gold and they still are changing the world today. But he also had an open ear. Uh, When we studied the law of the bondservant in Exodus 21, you guys remember that a ceremony took place. The person who wanted to stay on with their master because they loved them would go through a ceremony where their ear was pierced with an awl, like an ice pick, and they would stand against the threshold of a house where covenants were made in the ancient world, and the awl would go through their ear, and it literally spoke of an open ear and being attached to the master's house. And here's what it said. My ear will always be wide open to the voice of my master and I will be attached to his house forever. The Messiah had a open ear 
and an open mouth. Let me just say practically, anyone who's a good teacher is a good learner. Anyone who's a solid shepherd is following the chief shepherd. Anyone who's a good disciple is being discipled by their king. If you want to be effective, you've got to be a good learner to pass along truth. You can't just know your Bible in passing. It's not going to cut it. There's a lot of challenging, difficult questions, and they can be answered, but we need that, dis- we need that uh, air that's ob- the ear obedient and not disobedient. John 8, 28, 29, Jesus said these words, when you lift up the Son of Man, John 8, 28, and 29, then you will know that I am he. I do nothing of my own initiative. I speak the things as the Father taught me, and he who sent me is with me. He's not left me alone. I always do those things that are pleasing to him, John 8, 28, 29. Implication, since the Messiah was human, he followed his Father's lead to the, to the T. He always did what pleased his father. His ear was open morning by morning. So let me just make a practical point. If you want to be effective as a disciple of Jesus Christ, each morning you awake, start your day with a simple prayer. Here I am, Lord. Before my feet hit the floor, my ear is open to you. You are my first priority and today is all I got. So I'm putting on the full armor of God from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet, from the helmet of salvation to the shoes of peace, and I want to do your will. And I know I can't do it alone, and I know how weak I can be and how my flesh is and what I'm going to face. So would you clothe me with the endowments of heaven, with being sensitive to your leading and your voice? That's how you do it. And when you do that, you will be effective. Now, I want you to turn back to Psalm 78, and I want to jump ahead just for a moment. Now, I mentioned 72 verses in the psalm, and and I want you to see something that's said about Ephraim. Ephraim was the kind of the uh, head tribe in the north for a time. And it says this about Ephraim, 78.9, the sons of Ephraim were archers equipped with bows, yet they turned back in the day of battle. Now, if you read a little bit on Psalm 78, scholars will say they cannot pinpoint an actual battle in Scripture where Ephraim turned away in cowardice. Maybe one story in the book of Judges, but probably not. What is going on here then? Well, they say this is probably in the spiritual battle where Ephraim, the northern uh, tribes, if you will, who were first judged by Assyria, they turned back. They wimped out in the spiritual battle. So once again, I'd ask you to pause. How do you think the church is doing in the spiritual battle? Now, I wrote a book available on Amazon for the bargain price, about $12.40. But it's not about that. But here's what I want you to know. A lot of you know about the armor of God, but you don't know how to put it on, or you don't put it on, or it's been a while since you put it on. Because you almost have determined that that's for the kids. That's something you learn in Sunday school. And while that's true, it is absolutely essential that you suit up every day. We have a battle. And I've never seen anything like what we're facing today in 30 plus years of pastoral ministry. So I'm telling you right now, we've got to suit up. And if you learn the armor with your kids, this would be a great thing that you can do. Now, if you flip a few pages to your right, another psalm of Asaph is Psalm 81. Let me just 
say that as Asaph was crying out, so God cries out through the voice of the prophet. Psalm 81, 13 says these words. Oh, that my people would listen to me. Now God is speaking through the prophet. That Israel would walk in my ways. Notice the link between listening and doing. I would quickly subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their adversaries. Those who hate the Lord would pretend obedience to him and their time of punishment would be forever. But I would feed you with the finest of wheat and with honey from the rock, I would satisfy you. God is saying, if my people would just simply listen to me, I would take care of everything. The resolution, the solution to what ails us as a culture and as a church culture is simply that basic. If we would listen and follow the Lord, and this is our biggest struggle, let's face it. It's not that we don't know truth, it's just that it's sometimes hard for us to do it, to obey it. There's much easier options, things that don't require effort, and it's kind of easy to go with the flow. And so verse two says this, I will open my mouth in a parable, Asaph now speaking in Psalm 78 verse two, I will open my mouth in a parable. Now that I've called you to listen, it's always good to call people to listen before you speak. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old. Now Asaph He's about to speak to his generation. And he's going to speak in a parable. And you say, a parable? I thought that was only a New Testament thing. Well, it's actually an Old Testament thing. And it's, the Hebrew word is mashal. And it's the idea of a riddle or a, kind of a difficult idea that's brought out or you kind of dive into it. Parabole is the Greek word. And para means alongside. And so the idea is you take a story and you put it alongside a truth that you're trying to bring out, and that's a parable. So if I, I mentioned movies earlier. So a good movie will have a truth, you know, that you contemplate, you kind of take away. Well, a parable is a side-by-side comparison. It's a, it's a earthly story with a heavenly point to try to get you to think. But more than that, it's to try to put you in the story. Where would you fit in this story? Who would you be? Would you be the older brother? Would you be the younger brother? Would you be the father? You know, it's that kind of thing. It causes one to really maybe dig down a little deeper than you normally would and, and wrestle with this idea of a parable. Uh, it's the idea also of a warning. A.S. Uh, Herbert says of this word in Hebrew, uh, he's well stated that it has the idea of a proverb, clearly a recognizable purpose that is a quickening Uh, of a quickening and apprehension of the real as distinct from the wished for, of compelling the hearer or reader, parable, to form a judgment on himself and his situation and his conduct. And so this finds its expression, of course, in the parables of Jesus. The dark sayings of old is uh, kedah in Hebrew. It's a riddle or a difficult question or an enigma or perplexing saying, hard question, parable. Kidner says uh, you could look at the Proverbs and see some of this in the Proverbs, kind of riddles and enigmas put before us so that we might find wisdom, we might learn what we're supposed to be doing. And so notice, he says, I will open my mouth in a parable, I will utter dark sayings of old. This is how Jesus spoke. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. If you are a longtime listener to Walk in Truth, we could use your help. We are excited to announce we have the opportunity to broadcast on a new radio station, an opportunity that will help this ministry reach more people like you in Oahu, Hawaii. Our mission with Pastor Michael's teachings is to equip listeners with God's Word in a way that helps them address today's issues, trends, and culture. But before we say yes to this opportunity, we could use your help. The price to broadcast on this radio station daily is $2,491 a month. Can you partner with us to reach people in Hawaii? Would you become a Walk in Truth partner today? Your financial commitment of at least $20 a month would help us reach this goal. We have until the end of September to raise these funds. If you become one of the 125 new partners, you'll be part of the team bringing God's truth to more people. That means four people would have to make a commitment each day until the end of September. Would you be one of the four now? Please begin your partnership today by calling 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Or visit walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walk in Truth. And his situation and his conduct. And so this finds this expression, of course, in the parables of Jesus. The dark sayings of old is uh, kedah in Hebrew. It's a riddle or a difficult question or an enigma or a perplexing saying, hard question, parable. Kidner says uh, you could look at the Proverbs and see some of this in the Proverbs, kind of riddles and enigmas put before us so that we might find wisdom, we might learn what we're supposed to be doing. And so notice, he says, I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old. This is how Jesus spoke. I want you to hold your place in Psalm 78. Turn over to Matthew chapter 13. Jesus spoke many things in parables. And it got to the point where the disciples asked him, as they often did, after you know, observing him for a while, they said to him, Matthew 13, 10, why do you speak to the people in parables? We, we don't quite understand. Matthew 13, 11, Jesus answered. He says, to you it's been granted to know the mysteries, Matthew 13, 11, of the kingdom of heaven or God, but to them it has not been granted. For whoever has, to him shall more be given and he shall have an abundance, but whoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken away from him, 13, 13. Therefore, I speak to them in parables because while seeing, they do not see. While hearing, they do not hear, nor do they understand. In their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled, present tense, which says you will keep on hearing, but will not understand. You will keep on seeing, but will not perceive. For the heart of this people, and the ear is always connected to the heart, has become dull. With their ears, they scarcely hear, And they've closed their eyes lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and return. See if they returned, what would happen? I would heal them. There's healing in the hearing. But it's a certain type of hearing. It's a return to the Lord. It's to make him king. So Jesus has told the parable of the sower, the wheat and the tares, the mustard seed and the leaven, a future study ahead of us in Matthew. And then a summary, look at 34, same chapter. 
All these things Jesus spoke to the multitudes in parables. He did not speak to them without a parable, so that what was spoken through the prophet might be fulfilled, saying, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things hidden since the foundation of the world or dark sayings of old. Where does that come from, brethren? Psalm 78, verse 2. Do you see what's going on here? Jesus, back to Psalm 78, read his generation. He knew how they were. He knew that many of them had tuned God out decades before. And so in certain settings, he only spoke to the people in parables. And if you read through the Gospels, you'll read that sometimes the disciples pull him aside and they say, can you explain this to us? We don't understand. And then he would say, are you dull of hearing too? You don't get what I'm saying? And then he would unlock the parable. Now, when you read Psalm 78, and I would encourage you to read through this psalm in your own devotional time, here's what you'll find. There's nothing complicated in this psalm. In fact, I read through the psalm multiple times this week and thought, there's nothing parabolic here or complicated. But you know what's more complicated is not so much what it says, but it's about the reaction of the people. That's what's confusing. What is hard to understand is not the content of Psalm 78, but the fact that the people didn't listen to God. Some of you have decided to do this. You said, all right, the preachers keep saying I need to read my Bible. I'm starting at Genesis, baby. Here we go. And you opened your Bible and you started reading. You got through Genesis 1 through 11 and you were cool. And then you read about Abraham and the, the patriarchs. And you got to Exodus and you knew that story already. And, and you read about the tabernacle. And then you got to Leviticus. And you're like, oh my goodness. I buy my meat packaged at the store. They're slitting throats, blood everywhere. Kind of move on to numbers. And you're like, oh, wow, all these people are difficult and stubborn and obstinate. They believe in the Lord, then they don't believe. They trust him, then they don't. They're judged and then help God, help. And he judges them again and then, and then they go back and their affluence, they go back to their old ways and then he judges them again and back and forth and up and down. What's wrong with these people? You want an interpretive dance to the book of Numbers? Are you ready? That's one. Never mind. <laughs> oh, you might just need a little levity. Have you ever just <laughs> stood there reading your Bible and went, what is wrong? And then you realize, you know what? That's me. I'm committed to the Lord and then things get easier and then I fall away and then I try to come back. And I want you to see, this is a section that's so insightful. Look ahead in the psalm. So it's recounting the exodus and God's goodness to the people and the manna and the water from the rock and all this beautiful stuff. Look at 32. In spite of all this, they still sinned. They did not believe in his wonderful works. So he brought their days to an end in futility and their years in sudden terror. When he killed them, then they sought him. <laughs> wow. Is that not the human condition? And returned and searched diligently for God. And they remembered that God was their rock and the most high God, their redeemer. But they deceived him with their mouth, lied to him with their tongue. Some people just faked it because they wanted the blessing, right? But they didn't really love him for their heart was not steadfast toward him, nor were they faithful in his covenant. But he, 38, being compassionate, forgave their iniquity and did not destroy them. And often he restrained his anger. 
and did not arouse all his wrath. Thus he remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passes and does not return. How often they rebelled against him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. Again and again they tempted God and pained the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember his power the day when he redeemed them from the adversary. Look at verse 41. Verse 40, they grieved him. Verse 41, they pained him. If you have a New King James, it says they limited the Holy One of Israel. And there's little debate on which is correct. But the actual Hebrew word does mean to grieve. Do you know that Ephesians 4.30 says we can grieve the Holy Spirit as New Covenant believers? If you read that chapter, you'll find we grieve him by letting the sun go down on our anger, being dishonest, stealing, doing things that are not in keeping with our new nature. You've been listening to Teach Your Children Well, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's special teaching in Psalm 78. If you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and more podcast apps. Listen for free to Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. Now, we have pastors on staff that would love to speak with you if you need prayer or counsel, or perhaps you have questions about Jesus and the Christian faith. Call Walk in Truth Tuesdays through Fridays during daytime hours at 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. 844-48-TRUTH. Now here's Pastor Michael one more time before we go. Well, maybe you're someone who feels a bit conflicted because you know the truth and you say that you love the Lord, I love Jesus, but you find yourself doing some stuff that you're not proud of. And if you're in that category, the fact that you're not proud of it is a good sign because it means that you're changing. And I'll tell you, when I first became a Christian, first four or five years of my Christian walk, um, there was a lot of, a lot of pain and a lot of, um, soul searching. And if you're in that boat and you feel a certain amount of conviction, that's okay. Uh, because it means that you're grieving over your sin. You're grieving over the the weakness of your flesh, and that's a good thing. So I would encourage you not to be disheartened by that. But I would also, for those of you who, who say you're a Christian, but you live in ongoing, open, unrepentant rebellion towards God, like there's no conviction, no shame, and you just keep doing what you know the Bible says is wrong— well, then let me ask you a question maybe in a different way. Is Jesus your king? You know, when you prayed to make Jesus your Lord, do you know what you were saying? Even the sinner's prayer, if you confess Jesus as Lord, what's called the sinner's prayer, Lord means king, master. He says it, I do it. Now, nobody hits the mark 100% of the time, but the point is, That if you're a citizen of the kingdom, if you serve the great king of kings and lord of lords, if you say, Jesus is my Lord, then of course what would be expected is that you do what he says. And when you fall short, you quickly repent of it. Christians do fall short, but they quickly repent. And a good way to check yourself is to ask yourself, is there any area of my life right now where I'm just like completely in open rebellion with no intention of repenting? If that's the case, You need to check your heart and just get right with the Lord. I know these things are not easy, but if you're feeling that conviction, there's a solution. Just simply confess 
repent of it, and move forward in Christ. This is Pastor Michael Lance. This is Walk in Truth, and we've been walking through Psalm 78, a psalm of Asaph. Teach your children well. I pray it's a blessing to you. Hey, if you'd like to talk to a pastor, we have pastors available Tuesday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Pacific time at 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. I'm confident that if you ask for a pastor here on that line, that we will patiently listen to you and encourage and pray with you. Try to answer your questions. 844-48-TRUTH. God bless you. We'll see you, Lord willing, right here tomorrow. Hey, if you're a longtime listener to Walk in Truth, we could use your help. We're excited to announce that we have an opportunity to broadcast on a radio station in Oahu, Hawaii. The price to broadcast on this radio station daily is $2,491 a month. Can you partner with us to reach people in Hawaii? Would you become a Walk in Truth partner today? Your financial commitment of at least $20 a month would help us reach this goal. We have until the end of September to raise these funds. So if you become one of 125 new partners, you'll be part of the team bringing God's truth to more people. That means four people would have to make a commitment each day until the end of September. Will you be one of those four now? Please begin your partnership today by calling 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Or visit walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael's special teaching in Psalm 78 called Teach Your Children Well. I'm Mike Massaro. On behalf of Pastor Michael Lance and Living Truth Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. people.